0: Peter, who walked the earth with Jesus as one of his 12 disciples, leaves us two letters where he instructs us how to live a life where we thrive. So I encourage you to join us as we go through the final lessons that come from Peter. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the uh, Care Ministries podcast here at Brooklyn Church. And uh, we are finishing up our series on Peter, uh, the last words that uh, he gives to us. These are actually the last words he gave of everybody. Second Peter, yes. So, uh, I'm Gene Beckner, I'm the Care Pastor here with uh, Josh Masters. Good morning, or
1: afternoon, depending on when you're watching this. Or listening, or listening to it, yeah. <laughs> and Doug Wildman. <laughs> hey,
2: how's it going? <laughs> That's a rough start. Wow. It was,
0: but uh, we'll keep it. Um... So, yeah, so we're going to finish today, and um, <laughs> and uh, the good thing, that you know, the thing I've noticed about Peter is Peter is, this is going to come as any surprise, but, you know, he's quite direct. Um, but he is caring, but he's very direct, and I think a lot yes. of times he gets a bad rap for being insensitive. But I also think as we've gone through this is that he was a way like Josh has said several times during this pot during the series is that he was aware his time was ending and so I think that's one thing we should probably pay attention to even here at the end of second Peter is if you were at the end of your life, what would you want to say? And you would probably say it with some fervor and some passion and some frankness because you knew your time was limited. Right. You know, and so um, as he starts in Second Peter chapter 3 and in uh, in the book we sell at Brookwood, which is uh, an uh, NLT version, um, the headline there is the day of the Lord is coming. And uh, I'm not going to get into that too much because I know Doug's going to touch on that. But, you know, he he's saying, hey, look, this is my second letter. You guys mean a lot to me. And he says, you know, I've tried to stimulate you guys into thinking wholesomely and refreshing your memory. And he says, I want you to remember those that came before us, you know, that they have wisdom for us. But he speaks to something that I think we would probably relate to today in verse three when he says, look, I want to remind you that in these last days, you're going to have scoffers. They're going to mock the truth and they're going to follow their own desires. And then here's the dangerous part. They're going to say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. And I think we hear that today. You know, um, you know, and, and, and we we see this in our culture that um, the name of Jesus needs to be removed from almost everything. So it's kind of ironic that he says in the last days that people are going to say, well, where's this Jesus? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's this push to get Jesus' name out of everything. Right. And so then it becomes you can almost see it's a self filling prophecy. If you get his name out of everywhere, then people are gonna go, Yeah, you you Christians are talking about this Jesus guy, but where is he? Well, it used to be everywhere. It used to be talked about it everywhere. Mm. And now it's, you know, let's see if we can marginalize it and push it to the to the side. But then he says something I think is is to me, was probably the most impactful of this piece, which is verse 5. And he says, they deliberately forget.
2: Yeah, that's a interesting phrase.
0: Yes. Like he could have said they forget, they forgot. But he's saying, look, they deliberately forget. Like that takes effort to resist. Suppress. You know, yeah, suppress, that kind of stuff. He says, forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood, and by the same word the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. Mm. And then he talks about the judgment that's going to come upon those people that that happened before and is going to happen again for those who don't put their faith in Christ. So again, just to recap that, you know, he's he's saying, look, these are my last words. Pay attention. And he's like, hey, you're going to be dealing with resistance. So to me, like how, when I thought about that, I was like, well, how does, that, how does that tie in with this idea of thriving? And I think um, some Christians are caught unaware by the fact that people are resistant. You know, so like mm-hmm. he's saying, like, be aware that that's going to happen. You know, like Josh, you said Sunday, you know, Christians got to quit whining. And I think he's trying to prepare them, look, you're going to be in a battle with people who don't love the Lord, who don't care about him, and they're going to question you. They're going to say, well, what happened to your Jesus? And so I think he's trying to say, look, be ready for that, you Mm -hmm. know? Be ready for that and, and be ready for your response to them. And to me, that's encouraging because I want to know if it's going to be difficult, you know? Tell me what's in front of me. Don't sugarcoat it. Go ahead and tell me. And he says it in a way like, hey, there are going to be people who are going to be judged and are going to die. Now, you balance that against someone that maybe comes up against you and pushes you a little bit. You might have a different perspective, you know, because mm-hmm. you're going, this person's soul is at stake,
1: you know? Yeah, he's not being direct just because he's harsh, he's being direct because he's desperate to warn them. And he knows that this is their last chance, his last chance to warn them.
0: Right. And again, knowing that, you may respond differently to somebody. And then maybe you and I, as believers, maybe we have a different way of uh, interacting with someone to where you can talk to them about your faith, mm. as opposed to being so caught off guard and going, gosh, they're being rude to me, or I can't believe they would think that. Um You know, there's a judgment that's coming and he's like, hey, keep that in the back of your mind as Mm -hmm. you're talking with someone.
1: The other thing I thought about as you were reading that section and as we were reading that section together is how much love he must have for these people. Because not only is he about to die, but the reason he's about to die Mm -hmm. is for sharing the gospel with these same people. Yes. Right? He's... He's under conviction, under execution for sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. And rather than feeling sorry for himself, he says, no, I have to get another message to those people before I go. Yeah, yeah. so that – I think that really speaks to his love for them Mm -hmm. and his conviction of his mission in Christ.
0: And there's a maturity there that I think we should uh, be looking to emulate and grow into. Mm. And then, Doug, you're going to pick us up on uh, verse 8 in chapter 3?
2: Yes, yes so in the in the new living translation it says but you must not forget uh, what it says in the uh, in the uh, complete Jewish Bible is <laughs> do not ignore this do not yes. ignore this so this is this is a, a really mm-hmm. important point that he's trying to make. He says um, dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day um, And this is referring back to, a passage that all of the people who are listening to him would be familiar with, um, which is Psalm 90. Mm-hmm. And it's all about um, repentance in, in the light of um, the prophecy of the, of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. um, what is going to happen at the summation of, of all um, life as we know it here on planet Earth. Um, when I uh, – I, I was thinking about how I came to Christ and it was um, – my girlfriend's mother had handed me a book called The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of – some of it is kind of funny now mm-hmm. that I look at it. But at the time, it it scared the foo out of me. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. And it actually had the effect of grabbing my attention and it made me go, man, I really need to get right with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the same idea is going on here because, like you had said, Gene, a little bit uh, earlier here in in, uh, in verse one, it says that his desire is to arouse uh, blah, blah. his desire. <laughs> let me say that again. <clears throat> his desire is to arouse you to wholesome thinking mm-hmm. by means of reminders. So he goes into this this um, this list of things that are going to actually happen. On the last day with the with the goal in mind that it will it'll cause us to maybe think twice about the way that we're living our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bottom line is just because it seems like he might be getting away with certain things now that that God seems to be silent, um, he is going to return mm-hmm. and it's going to happen quickly when he does. Um, he says in verse 9, the Lord is not really being slow about his promise to return as some people think no he is being patient for your sake Uh, he does not want anyone to perish Mm. so he is giving more time for everyone to repent so it's really it's the kindness of god that he has delayed um, his second coming Um, but the day of the lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief Mm. Um, Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to melt away, what holy, godly lives should you be living? Hmm. Um, And then he says this really kind of interesting phrase. Um, You should look forward to that day and even hurry it along. Um, So the day um, when God will set up the heavens or or will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. Why would we be looking forward to that day? Um, Verse 13 tells us, it says, but we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth that he has promised a world where everyone is right with God. Um, Josh, you were going to be talking a little bit about the anticipation that we have um, as we're anticipating the return of Christ, how that should influence our behavior going ahead.
1: Yeah, and that's sort of how he closes out 2 Peter, his second letter, is this sort of final challenge, this final reminder Um that we should be responding to this anticipation of Christ's return. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because as Gene said in the very beginning, he's saying, you know, there are people who will say, you know, what happened to Jesus coming back? Like, whatever happened to that? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes Christians feel like that too. Mm -hmm. Like, well, it's been 2,000 years. What, Whatever happened to that? And we can become complacent in the way that we live. And I think that that's very true in the Western church. Um, so these last verses in Second Peter are a reminder to be aware and to be intentional in how you're living. So in verse 14, he says, And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. So he's saying be intentional in the way you mm-hmm. live. And essentially, as you're waiting for the second return, as you're waiting for the second coming, wait well. You know, we can fitter away our time. And Mm -hmm. he's saying, wait well, be productive. If you put it into the context of the entire letter, it's be fruitful, be productive. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that there's a different kind of life to be lived. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as you said, when Jesus comes, it's going to happen quickly. There's Mm -hmm. not going to be time to prepare. That's Mm -hmm. right. Jesus isn't going to call us and say, hey, I'm going to be stopping by a week from Tuesday at 3 o'clock. It's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye and mm-hmm. there's no time to prepare yourself at that mm-hmm. point. So he's saying, wait well. And then even a little bit further down just before the end, he says, be on guard. Don't get carried away by wickedness. In other words, mm-hmm. don't become complacent, be on guard. Cause it can happen any moment. And when it does happen, there's not going to be any time to prepare. Mm-hmm. And he says, live with anticipation in verse 15. He says, Um, God is being patient in his return, giving people time to be saved. So are you focusing on that? Are you focusing on the fact that God is tarrying for a reason Mm -hmm. to give people an opportunity to be saved? And he invites us to be part of that. And that's clear in the rest of the letter. So I think the main push of this last piece is while you're waiting – Be on guard, wait well, be prepared for when he shows up Mm -hmm. and then have something to show for your time here on earth. And he ends uh, in verse 18 by saying, uh, you must grow in the grace and knowledge. And we've talked about how knowledge really means um, experience, your experience of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Mm Amen. Amen and that's the last words that he writes, all glory to mm-hmm. God. And he's challenging us to live our lives that way. Mm-hmm. And that is how Second uh, Peter ends. And now we've worked our way through First Peter and Second Peter, and there's no more Peter. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we thought we would do to close out is we would just go around quickly, mm-hmm. we'll sort of move backwards now, and I'll start and we'll move back through Doug and Jean and just say, like, what did you get, guys, out mm-hmm. of this study? Like, what stuck out to you the most? And I guess I'll start and I'll just say what stuck out to me the most in the, in the whole continuum of both first and second Peter is that we need to be a lot more intentional in the way we live our lives. Yes. Yep. I think um, I have glimmers of intentional behavior in my life, but most of my life I just sort of float through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and what really, really stuck out to me is that time is short. And we have a short amount of time uh, to do the things that God has called us to do. So we need to be intentional with every moment mm-hmm. of our life um, because we're called to live a different kind of life than the world. That's that's mm-hmm. what stuck out the most to me. What, what
2: about you, Doug? Um, I would say that it's similar to what you, you just said, Josh. Second um, Peter uh, chapter one says um, that. He has called us to receive his own glory um, and goodness. Um, And he talks about these two promises, and this really kind of stood out to me. You will escape the decadence around you caused by evil desires. You will escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires. And then the second thing was that you will share in his divine nature. Mm -hmm. That that phrase, sharing in his divine nature, really – uh, kind of stood out to me um, that uh, then he just kind of continues on and he says, but it's up to us to apply the benefits of that right And so um, he's he's changing our nature, but we have to apply those.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it's not a passive thing. there's an active part of it too. and um, and the promise is that we can actually escape the the lure of the world and and actually experience the life of Christ through us mm-hmm. and in us which is an amazing promise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, tozer describes that as God depositing his nature into mm-hmm. the believer and that's what the rebirth is. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. a deposit of godly life. That's good.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard it said similarly like that's the the guarantee of eternal, you know, salvation is that he deposits that that holy spirit. Um yeah, I'm, uh, I think mine's a, a little different, but I, I noticed two things about Peter. Uh, one is going to be the what he says, and two is how he says it. But he says several times in these two chapters uh, about false teachers or about people who twist the Scripture. In fact, um, Josh, even the thing that you read today, he says in Second in, uh, Peter 3.16, um, he talks about how Paul wrote about the wisdom that God gave in his letters. And then he says, some of these comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of, of Scripture, and this will lead, uh, this will result in their destruction. And then in, in another part, he's very, his language is very condemning, very harsh, very hard about false teachers. And I think that's the reason why that gets my attention is is because where we live today, and Perry says this a lot on Sundays, just the idea of love has been so twisted mm. and it's so open and so free that when you have the the truth about love, people will come at you. Right. Because you're going, no, that's not how the Bible defines love. That's not how he how he defines repentance and and sin and those kinds of things. And so it's just you don't hear the way that Peter's language, we don't hear that a lot today. Hmm. It's almost like the Christian is more on the defensive of having to explain or um, you know, apologize for,
1: or sugarcoat, or
0: sugarcoated, right. or something like that, and it's almost like he's he's more on the offensive a little bit, not being offensive, but on the uh, the offensive, saying, "Look, these people are wrong." Yeah.
1: These well, people he doesn't are have the, it. he doesn't have the luxury of sugarcoating yeah. it. This is this is his last chance to yeah. be clear, so he can't endanger the message by mm-hmm. making it appeasing. Yep. Oh, is that the right word? Making yeah. it appeasing. Yeah. yeah
0: to where it can be, um, and you've said this before too, where it can be um, kind of accepted or easy, easier to accept. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there are things in Scripture that are very difficult to accept. It's, it's still our, for our good, but sometimes we have a hard time believing that because it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And he's really not. He's not hitting that at all. He's going, look, these people are wrong. These people are... There's going to be a judgment on their head. These people are leading people astray, and you need to make sure that you understand the true gospel. Right. And that is where the thriving comes, because now the Spirit is leading us. That Spirit you talked about that's deposited in us, now the Spirit is leading us to the point where as our faith grows, because of our experiences with God grow, then we're able to see these kinds of things Mm -hmm. happening in front of us and say— No, that's not what Jesus said. That's not what God said. Mm -hmm. You know, that's man made. That's twisted.
1: And that's a lesson for us who teach. You know, all Mm -hmm. of us teach in some manner. And even right now, as I'm preparing for a sermon, Mm -hmm. you know, there's things in the flesh when I come across that I'm like, how can I soften this so people will Mm -hmm. like me, you know, when I preach? Yeah. Um, and that's in the flesh, but then when yeah. I look at it, I'm like, "This cannot be softened." Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a black and white issue. This is mm-hmm. what the word says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can still say it with love. Yes. Without. Yeah. That's a heart condition of the teacher, right? Is do you have love for the person, or do you not have love for the person? And then the truth is the truth.
0: Because mm-hmm. he's balancing that against eternal destruction. So it's like, okay, right. well, if you're gonna if your feelings are gonna get hurt because I tell you this hard truth, I'll live with that because it's still the truth. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So again, he but he's not saying it in a way where he's not inviting the the reader of the letter to journey with him in that. Right. You know, he's not saying you guys have messed up. Because you've allowed these false teachers, he's saying, be on lookout for that, and you need you need to be assured of your own faith and your own relationship with God, so that you can recognize that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, I just you can almost hear the um, the urgency in his writing that right. there's this sense that, like you have said from the beginning of our series, he knows his time is short, and contrast that with what Satan does. With his time being short, his Mm -hmm. desire is to deceive as many people and cause as much chaos as he can. Right. But then here's Peter saying, remember those that came before you.
1: So I think the thing that Mm -hmm. sticks out to me, I guess I'll I'll take a second answer. You're going to get a second. I'm going to do a second answer. But as we're talking, I guess what really sticks out to me is that as we teach, as we talk to people about Christ, how do we know it's not our last chance? Mm. Yeah. So maybe we don't have the luxury of sugarcoating either because we never know when our last chance is, either because we're taken out of this world yes. or Christ returns. Or the person is taken Or the out. person is taken That's correct. Taken home. Yep. Wherever home may be.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
1: that a, is the that's end. That's a sober place to stop.
0: <clears throat> yes, it is. But again, as we end this um, – uh, just want to echo some of the things that we have said before. If you've never spent time with these letters to take some time to read them um, and, and allow God to um, speak to your heart about what what does He want you to know about this because've we've, we've given our perspective and we've talked in a general overview, but um, you know the word is truth. and so when you spend time with the truth, um, you'll be changed. And so I hope this has been an encouragement to you, and um, I'll pray, and, and we'll uh, we'll jet out.
1: We'll jet out, and yeah. we'll see you after the new year. We're going to yes. take a break on take the podcast yep. until after the new year. But yeah. we'll be back. We'll be yeah. back.
0: Yeah, Don't worry. We'll be back. Don't cry. That's right. <laughs> Don't cry. Take a look around you. Don't cry. So long
1: to find you. Do what
0: you want. Dun, 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 we, might we might be That'll back. That'll
2: be on the blooper reel. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: That. Now the real prayer. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Let's uh, let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, Peter and for his last words. Lord, that you inspired him to give us truth and to um, challenge us, but also teach us how we can thrive, even if we're in situations that are difficult. And God, I pray that we uh, grasp uh, the truth that Peter has for us, for each person that's listening, to be able to um, be changed by your word and to remember that uh, your desire for us is to grow and to glorify you. And so, God, I pray that we do that. And as Josh said, that as we wait for Jesus to come back, that we wait well. And so, God, again, we thank you for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www brookwoodchurchorg slash care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.
0: Mine might be more low key. Low key. Maybe, <laughs>
1: maybe you're was, a healthier. Yeah, three. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I was
2: <laughs> genuinely terrified for a second. I was like minding my <laughs> own <out laughs> business, I'm and never then seen I have like a fight or flight reaction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes. <got> <laughs> <laughs> Jane has lost it.